All right, welcome to BibleTuddy.net, Bible study without the BS, uh, and we'll say bologna sandwich. Uh, we could we could turn it all kinds of stuff though. Uh, it could be the bad stuff. Uh, you know, we had all kinds of ideas. Uh, yeah, blaspheming scheme. <laughs> blaspheming schemes. But uh, anyhow, thank you for uh, for uh, joining our show or being part of our show. And uh, so today we're going to talk about the new covenant. And uh, we're going to talk about the, when the new covenant began and why it's so important to realize this fact. Uh, so I don't know how many people out there really know when the new covenant began, but um, the the best place to go for a clear explanation of that is Hebrews, uh, the book of Hebrews. And uh, the book of Hebrews jives perfectly with everything that was written by the apostles. Uh, but this one clearly lays out the new covenant. Um, and when it began. So let's start in Hebrews uh, chapter 9, verses 11 through 17. We don't know for sure, but it's thought that it's written by Paul. Yep. Because of the way he writes, right? And Yeah. But nonetheless, it's a, it's a, it's a very... somebody act. say... Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go I ahead. I heard somebody say that the, possibly the heart of Hebrews was written by a female. Really? Interesting. Yeah, but, uh, because but because they they weren't given leadership in the uh, in the church, they didn't put her name to it. Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. But good it sounds point. like Paul. It sounds know? a lot like Paul, and so you and they mentioned Timothy, so you figure they had to have been part of the group. You know, they, right, they knew Paul's teaching well, and you can tell that they knew his teaching well because it jives. It's just written so uh, about it from a different angle, but it jives so perfectly with the apostles' teachings, yeah, especially absolutely. Paul. Yeah. So, well, anyhow, let's, let's just look at this one passage. Uh, there's actually so many passages that go through the New Covenant and when it began, but this one, I think, lays it out pretty clearly, and we can talk about that. Uh, anybody want to read or shall I? I can read it. What chapter you? What chapter you in? Nine. Hebrews chapter nine, verses eleven through seventeen. Okay. <clears throat> Verse eleven through seventeen. Go ahead, Melissa. Are you ready, Lee and Dad? I'm ready. I'm ready. Yep. All right. But now Christ has come as the high priest of the good things to come. He passed through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands that is, not of this creation. And he entered once for all into the most holy place, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. And so he himself secured eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow sprinkled on those who are defiled, consecrated them and provided ritual purity, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our consciences from dead works to worship the living God? And so he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the eternal inheritance he has promised, since he died to set them free from the violations committed under the first covenant. For where there is a will, The death of the one who made it must be proven, for a will takes effect only at death, since it carries no force while the one who made it is alive. Okay. 
excellent passage. There's so much, so much to take from that passage. But that last uh, uh, last sentence or two there kind of tells us something pretty directly, doesn't it? Uh-huh. They're talking about the new covenant and they're talking about how it was not in effect until Christ died. Anybody see a different meaning there? Is there some kind of uh, hidden meaning in that that means something different? Because it seems pretty clear to me. Yeah, I think so. It's right. clear to me. Yeah. So, I mean, really, that passage just kind of takes care of business. It tells us when the new covenant began. It began when Jesus died uh, for our sins and, uh, you know, when he rose again. So, I mean, the will was more than obviously just his death because his death means nothing without the resurrection. But uh, those those things he had to die in order to be raised <laughs> in order to rise from the dead. And uh, so that's that's when the new covenant begins after his death. So, you know, you look at uh, before Christ and after death, after de cross, <laughs> after de cross. <laughs> so the, it's really essentially the dividing line of the of the Bible, but it's also the dividing line in all of human history, because that's where our calendar starts. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting though, that when you think about it though, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John labeled the gospels. Um, but that's not where the new covenant started. People you know? get hung up on that, don't they? Especially on the What's red that? letters, uh, that the new, oh, covenant, yeah. yeah, the new covenant starts in the new, uh, Testament and then they get all hung up on the red letters, you know, but this is Jesus speaking, but he wasn't speaking to but it's the context, right? It's the context of the red letters, because and that's what that was. the That was actually the next topic. Why does it matter so much? Well, let's look at let's look at what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. Well, first, look at the whole Sermon on the Mount, but then look at just two phrases that he said on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, if, if your righteousness doesn't exceed that of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of God. And then later on says, so be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So what does that mean? Is that new covenant theology? Is, is that, uh, is that uh, the reason why he died and rose again? Did Jesus rise to life so that he could forever watch over us and make sure that we pay for each and every little bad thing that we do and repent <laughs> <laughs> the, as they, you know, repent as in what they, they call it in the churches today, like stop sinning. You know, are we, is he up there? Is he, you know, like the evil Santa Claus, he rose from the dead just to keep a close eye on you or did he raise from the dead for a different reason? Did he raise from the dead to give us, life to make us alive to God because we were dead to him before. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. So That's I mean, why if you go ahead. Go ahead. Well Jesus, well you know when Jesus spoke was speaking in uh in the Sermon on the Mount, it's kind of odd. He's 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 you know especially when he talks about perfection and he says tells the disciples to be perfect. He knew he knew they couldn't uh do it in and of themselves mm -hmm. but he's telling them what's going to happen to them what's going to what's, what's going to happen to them in the future yeah you know he's literally telling them but they don't know it they don't realize it yet but he's telling them what's going to happen to them in the future because that's what's god gonna that's what uh god's gonna do for you through christ 
through his yep. uh, death and resurrection. And even though he told yeah. them, they didn't understand yep. it. He told them understand. at the beginning of all yep. that, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He, he came yep. to fulfill all those things so that they would be satisfied. So the law would be fully satisfied. And he told yep. them that before he told them any of those harsh things, but they couldn't yep. understand it. And, mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, the reason they couldn't understand it <clears throat> isn't a secret. You know, if, if we look at some passages in the scripture um, mm -hmm. uh, about like the, the Holy Spirit and how it uh, how it mattered that they had the Holy Spirit for them to believe any of it. I mean, you just look at one in Luke, it says, then Jesus took the 12 aside and said to them, look, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written about the son of man by the prophets will be accomplished. We, he will, for he will be handed over the Gentiles who will be mocked, mistreated and spat on. They will flog him and severely kill him. Yet on the third day, he will rise again. But the under, but the 12 understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what Jesus meant. And then the same thing was said a few other times in the Gospels, and it said why it was hidden from them, why they didn't understand it, because they hadn't received the Spirit of God to lead them to the truth yet. So all those things took place in the Old Covenant, under the Old Covenant. So if you look at the Lord's Prayer, that was directed towards Jewish people under the Old Covenant. It wasn't directed towards people that had the Holy Spirit. And uh, it actually a lot of it was your kingdom come, your will be done. And so if we're still praying that way, we're still waiting for the Messiah. Absolutely. And if, and if, you're, and if you're asking for forgiveness every time you commit a sin, what's been done? Right. What do you say about the death of Christ? Well, what, what do you say about Christ? Christ's death. What did he die for? Sins. What kind? What? What? What sins? He, he died to forgive you your sins. Right. How many of your sins did he die to forgive you for? All of them. All of them. How many are left? East is from the west. <laughs> as far as the east is from the west. So and so, if he died for all of them, how many are left to be forgiven? None. But what if you so backslide? You... What if you backslide, Lee? And... Yeah, let's talk about backsliding. We were just talking okay. about Okay. All yeah. right. What if okay. all of a you've been going to church and you've been, you know, being a, a really good person, then all of a sudden you just start hanging out at the clubs every night and you're not being faithful to your wife and your family and you're just doing like really bad stuff, Lee. What if right. what if you do that? Then don't you have to come back and ask forgiveness? Well, first of all, you have to you have to you have to uh, decide what was your definition of uh, of uh, of repentance. What's your definition of salvation? Because mm -hmm. if you if you if you're backslidden, that means you're saying salvation is of works. And if your salvation is of works, all of your works have to be perfect. Yep. <laughs> There can't be any any non good works. So, and if you never stop, you, you would have you would have had to have reached a high point in order to exactly. Slide back. How do exactly. you reach a high point as a Christian? Yeah, exactly. because the Apostle Paul, we were just talking about that. You brought yeah. up that passage about how he says, yep. "You have fallen away from grace, you who follow yeah. the law." So, exactly. So the people that are following the law, they you know they're. 
it was it would have been the people that heard the message right they they yeah. heard the uh-huh. message and uh they 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 were they were um they were delivered the message of grace but then they went back to the law they have fallen right. away from grace because yep. of their actions because of trying to do good deeds on top of that so, that wasn't even what melissa was saying doing bad deeds they were actually trying to do good deeds and they can exactly all considered that backsliding because they were following following the law and following rules and regulations. Exactly. And but see, a Paul, lot of what would Paul have said, like in to the Corinthian church, uh, when they were backsliding with their actions, what did he what did he remind them of? And what did Peter remind people of when they were committing uh, poor <laughs> sins? He said, You've forgotten where you came from, you've forgotten the savior basically come back to the gospel repent <laughs> you know, change your mind curious, come right, back to curious, the truth yeah it's curious that you would bring up the what what would paul say to uh <laughs> to these churches because it's some it's, it's like in the book of revelation the letters to, or the message to the seven churches that's what he that's what god would say to those churches he wouldn't say, he wouldn't say, he wouldn't have a, he wouldn't pat him on the back and say, good job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he'd say, he'd say, no, no, he wouldn't because they have, they, are, they have a mixed, they have a mixed message. They, they don't, they don't have uh, a clear picture of Christ fully, yep. fully being a savior and Lord. It's not you. You're not savior and Lord. Your pastor's not savior and Lord. You're, the church mothers, church fathers are not Savior and Lord. Christ is Savior and Lord. Yep. And uh, and he did and he and he completed his work. Otherwise, you're going to be calling God a liar. You know. You know. So so if you're saying that uh, that uh, oh you're saved, but you got to do these good works to maintain your salvation, that's not salvation. Mm-hmm. That's not salvation. That's not repentance. Repentance is not. Uh, starting to do good works because you used to do bad works. That's not repentance. Repentance is changing your mind. It's yep. becoming a believer. It's becoming a believer from an unbeliever to a believer. Yep. Yeah. All those and examples we, that we were just talking about yeah. that on our, actually Melissa and I in our last call about yeah. the, we went to revelations because that's where a lot mm-hmm. of people get mixed up on the passages saying yep. that repentance is a it's a turning away from sins because they mentioned deeds but before all they mentioned deeds in all of those scenarios they're talking about a teacher teaching them incorrectly yeah a mixed and message they, a mixed gospel absolutely whether it was you know sin is okay or whether it was you know Jesus plus works it doesn't matter it was the message that people were falling for and so the you know he writes spiritually to those to those uh places so that the spiritual will be corrected and come yep. back come back around if they were falling away from the message but only the only yep. those, uh only those who were spiritual were going to hear it mm-hmm. so someone who's saved who already has the holy spirit they can't backslide you can't backslide because you know you have the holy spirit in you and uh, and the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance everything you need to know, everything you need to know, especially in times of uh, of uh, of distress. Uh, that's why he's called uh, the Comforter. 
you know, because, you know, because, you know, you think you thinking if you think you can do it, <laughs> you know, it's not going to, yeah. you know, it's not going to, it's not going to pan out. It's not going to pan out the way you think it is. The, the Holy Spirit living within you will bring all these things back to your remembrance. Uh, and that's uh, interesting but, uh, that you mentioned in times of distress, yeah, because, you know, you yeah. look at some passages where it says you're a light shining in the darkness. Why uh -huh. would it say that? Why would it mention darkness? If, mm -hmm. I, if, life, if life was always going to be full of light and yeah. the spirit of God is best in distress, like you said, in darkness, yeah. times of darkness is when we really shine because the spirit yeah. shines through us in those moments. Not exactly. because we shine, because that's when the yeah. spirit shines. Yeah. It's like a candle in the dark. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like a candle lit in the dark. You know, but it, still that gonna... spirit is our spirit. So I correct yeah. myself in saying it's not us. It is. You know, it yeah. is us and it isn't us. It's coming from the vine, but we well, bear the fruit as the branches. And so we, it right. is coming through us. But, well, you know, you're a branch. From us? Yeah. Did it originate from ourselves? No, mm -hmm. but our new self can carry fruit and bear it very quite well because God well, made we it. bear it. Yeah, we bear <laughs> it. But our burdens are carried through the vine. Our, the vine carries our burdens. You know, he, he produces yeah. the fruit without without effort. You know, yeah. we don't, we, we keep thinking about effort, but it's, it's not our effort. Mm -hmm. We bear it. You know, it's like God, it's like God, it's like when your dad takes you to the barbershop and you sit there, you're not doing anything. <laughs> you just sit there, but the barber is cutting your hair and, you, and the result is a nice haircut. <laughs> what did you do? Just sat there. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Just be still. The more you try to move, the more you make it hard. <laughs> yeah. Cut so, you know, essentially, you know, we were, we were, with the cutter too. we were talking about sin and we were talking exactly. about forgiveness and, uh -huh. you know, the same author of Hebrews that just, uh -huh. when the new covenant, um, you know, what, when the new covenant began also teaches us, he says, this is the covenant that I will establish with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and I will inscribe them on their minds. Then he says, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no longer. Now where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any sacrifice for sins. So if God's remembering your sins, any not remembering them any longer, are you trying to remind him? When you ask for forgiveness, like exactly, hey guys, and don't forget, I, I'm not pure of heart. Right, and that's the question. Where where's the problem when the, when you sin? Where's the problem? Is the problem with with God? No. Where's the problem with you? So with, with our yeah. understanding of what God did, right? You see, it's like he say he says, "Your sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more." Then the problem is me remembering my sins and lawless acts. You know, yeah. that's, I'm, you know, but but the, it would be best to have a change of mind and a change of heart, knowing that God has forgiven me. Right. There's of no difference. All my sins. I mean, you. Why do you feel yeah. bad for your sin in the first place? Yeah. You know, if, if you've been born again, of course you feel bad when you sin. Yeah. You know, I think about yeah. that passage about grieving the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is part of you now, so you're grieving yourself. When you sin, all you're doing is distracting yourself from the glory of God when you when you focus on all your sin. Yeah. But but you know what what brings more sin? If you want more sin in your life, what can you do according to the apostle Paul? 
Absolutely. Follow the laws and regulations. Create your own rules and regulations if you want. Yep. Since, you know, you can't really do the temple worship anymore without the temple. Let's create our own rules. And that's yep. what's happening out there today. And so you have people following a new law. It's a, a new man-made set of regulations. It's Jesus yep. plus this, Jesus plus that. Plus that. Yeah. And he, it's like Peter said. He says, uh, he says, uh, if you don't add to your faith, goodness, knowledge, uh, and brotherly kindness. Uh, and he says, if you don't, if you don't have these things, he didn't say you're not a believer. He didn't say you're not a Christian. He didn't say you're not a child of God. He says, he says, if you don't add to yourself all these things, you're nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that God has cleansed you yep. of all unrighteousness. You, you see what I mean? Amen. Yeah. And on top of you that, have, on top you have of forgotten that, it. Yeah. you're asking forgiveness for sins, but do you, have you also forgotten you know, what the penalty of sin is. What's the penalty exactly. of sin? It's exactly. death. Yep. If, you, if, you're, if you think you need to pay for your sin, don't be asking forgiveness. You deserve death. Yep. Yeah, That's you why deserve Christ death. had to go to the cross, because you deserved death. You didn't deserve, you know, uh, you know this pat, uh, you know, this, this comforting, like, oh, it's okay. I forgive you. That's not what the scenario is about. Jesus defeated it because you deserve death. He did away with it. Well, a lot of people are, are dwelling on this passage where, where uh, when Jesus gives this, I don't know if there's a story or a parable, where where Jesus talks about the good and faithful servant. Yeah. Enter, enter into my uh, enter into my uh, glory That's, because that was you, he was you, talking about me on that passage. He was talking about you. <laughs> See, I thought he was talking about me. <laughs> I was sure he was talking about me. So who was he See? talking about? See, we got to figure this out. <laughs> you know? Who was he talking about? In this yeah, well, he's, talk he's, he's clearly talking about, as you look back, he's clearly talking about Jesus. <laughs> you know, because who, who's a good and faithful servant? Yeah, there's only Jesus. one. You can't look at, you can't, there's no way you can look at yourself as a sinner and then say, and then say, I see myself as a good and faithful servant. Well, yeah. You're not. There was You're only not. one good and faithful servant. And it was, there was only it one. Was Christ because he was, was born Christ. of the spirit, right? He was born from right. heaven. So he yep. didn't have to experience spiritual death. He was born from heaven right. and he relied yep. on God for everything and he didn't yep. fail. Adam right. and Eve, Adam and Eve weren't born from heaven. They were created from dirt and uh, yep. they had the spirit of God in them and then they failed and then they uh -huh. lost it. But Christ came in spirit form, the second Adam, as scripture mm -hmm. describes. And he, he, he had the perfect, he was the living example of what Christianity yep. should look like, a full reliance yep. on the father. Yep. He executed Absolutely. that perfectly. Yep. See? And that's what people have to understand. You know, it's like uh, you know, when, when Paul talks to the Ephesians about putting on the whole armor of God, he's telling you to humble yourself. Don't put on your armor. Take off that armor of your flesh that you have and your, and your human abilities and your, your useless, weak abilities. Yep. You're trusting in yourself because you're weak in that area. But if you put on God's armor, trust me, you know, and that's what you've yeah. done. Uh, when you repented, you put on the whole armor of God. You put on the helmet 
of uh, of salvation. You take the shield of faith. You put on the uh, I mean the shield. Yeah, the shield of faith and the uh, and the uh, and the breastplate of righteousness. You have your loins girt. What's that? Sword of the spirit and the shoes of peace. Exactly. Or the gospel shoes, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Yeah. And the and the sword of the spirit. It yeah. looks like we're at the half hour mark. So for this study, we'll conclude. But, uh, you know, we started out talking about when the new covenant began. And I think we've done a pretty good job of, uh, of talking about why it matters. And, uh, you know, we can definitely hit this topic more because there's I mean, Hebrews is just excellent. I mean, when you when you learn that division of of the of the scripture in that way of the new and the old covenant, now you can read the old covenant and the new covenant in its proper context. You can you can hear the words of Jesus and not be being judged by them and, and really take it in and take it to heart because we have the heart of Christ now. But uh, for, for now, we'll call it and uh, we'll go on to our, our next segment. So thank you everybody for being part of the show here at iboltuddy.net, Bible study without the bologna sandwich. All right.